You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Not long ago, I, I pulled my son into my oldest son into a car and we recorded on my iPhone just a short little addition to an episode we were doing. And it was such a hit. You were asking for more of Connor Allen. So he is here today in the studio. If you are listening to this, you can go watch this on YouTube and see my cute son sitting here with me. And yeah, we're gonna talk about some real things. I think. This will be a great episode for you to listen to um, if you're in college or headed to college. It's also going to be a great episode if you're a parent because we're going to talk about our relationship and our family and kind of how we do things. And so I think you're going to love this. It's going to be pretty real. <laughs> My son is is anything but fake, anything but fake. And yeah, I think that's a good setup for you. Another thing I'm excited about, Connor, is that I really am proud of who you are. I feel like who you have become as a man. He is 23. Y'all, he just graduated Texas A&M a few months ago, and he is living back in Dallas currently with us. I'm sure not for much longer, though we would keep him. We enjoy having you around so much. But really what I love having you here today is that I can say to people that who you are today is a man who is taking initiative in your life in every way. You have created incredible things with your life. You are seeking mentorship and leadership and discipleship in your life. You have submitted and committed to a local church. Like I I just can say, set my son before you. Certainly couldn't have all along the way, right? We'll talk about that. But today I can say this is someone who loves God and is seeking him. And so it's really fun. And I'm really proud to have you here. And I'm really proud that you're my son. Thank you, mother. <laughs> Never call me mother. What do you call me? Mom. You call me mom. He calls me mama. He calls me for growing up, they called me J Mom. He and all his friends. Well, let's just start with kind of what you when you think about the last few years in your life. In fact, let's go way back. Let's go back to middle school, Connor. Describe yourself. Well, I learned a lot in middle school. Um <laughs> middle school, the world revolved around me and my best friend Walt. We just went on adventures. We kind of threw caution to the wind a lot and didn't listen to authority very well. But <laughs> yep. we learned a lot of lessons on our own because we were getting into trouble and we were adventuring. But in terms of our dynamic, that was a huge, that was as big a divide as we had from mother to son was in middle school. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stories and truth to that. And I think it's good that we even start here because this is kind of the messy part. It was really hard to be your mom then. I, I felt like you were just the word I use about those years of your life was you were kind of a punk. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and so even just to all the people out there that are parenting or possibly ministering to to middle schoolers, like what would you say to them? Because there's not a lot of reward. There's not a lot of feedback that's positive in those years. Well, it's really hard. And I run outdoor camps all over Texas for kiddos. And so I get to 
be around middle schoolers on this end of my life and kind of see them as punks as well. (laughs) And honestly, one of the most redeeming things I've seen in their lives has been outside influence because middle school, I think, is the time in your life where you are most rebellious to whatever your parents say. There is no friendship in general, uh, especially with boys. It is, you know, you're going through a lot of change and you want more freedom and you want more independence and you're at a point in your life where you can't get those things. And so to the parents out there, bringing in somebody else that they respect and look up to, to kind of be an intermediary between you and them, that was important for me uh, just as a punk, whether it was coaches or some of y'all's younger friends that I really respected. So I have seen that through my camps a lot, that our counselors have a really interesting opportunity to be that intermediary uh, that the kids look up to, respect. And they could say the exact same thing that y'all would say to me in middle school, and it's going to be received totally different. So that's something I've seen that's had some great success in middle school as well. Well, and I would just say to the parents, I remember when our relationship massively changed for the better. It was still in the midst of middle school, but I basically looked at you and said, I think I understand what you're trying to do, which was to be your own person. I quit fighting you and I just quit requiring as much from you. And I think that really, and again, that sounds bad. It sounds like I wasn't a good parent. And that's why it was hard to make the shift because being a good parent up until about 13, 12, 14 was hypermanaging your life. It was it was making sure that you were respectful and obedient and that you took care of your chores and you, you know, showed up in the way you're supposed to at school. And so I had managed all that and that was being a good mother, right? And yeah. and you learned and were trained a lot in those years. But it became an overbearing mother in middle school when you were trying to do it for yourself. And you really needed to fail some. You needed sure. to get in trouble at school. You needed to uh, make mistakes. And I think when I realized that and accepted that and quit trying to protect you from that, our relationship got way better because I just let the natural consequences of you being a punk in life play out. Sure. Well, and there are a lot of things I wanted to do that you knew were battles that I was going to lose. And so you told me, no, right? Don't don't go to that concert. Hey, don't I go- said yes to way too many things too. I know. I said at the beginning when you were still yes. trying to be overbearing, it was no, don't go to that concert because X, Y, and Z, you're going to get in trouble, whatever it might be. Don't go to that person's house. You had these restrictions and then you realize, well, it's actually, if, if you're going to fight back with me, it's it's a great learning experience for you to go lose those battles on your own. And so there was a lot of learning through freedom for me. Yeah. And it's really hard to walk that line as a parent. Oh, uh, you, won't, you'll, you won't believe it. I don't know yet, but I I could imagine, (laughs) especially with guys. From my experience, it's better to err on the freedom side and let them learn from circumstances. Because, I mean, since the beginning of time, men have had responsibility at younger ages than this society that we're in right now. And so whatever that looks like, whether it's giving them more responsibility, more freedom, even in places, you know, even when they're fighting battles that they might lose, it's good for guys to lose and not be so sheltered from opportunities where they can make mistakes because I'd argue a ton of my growth in middle school came from going and making those mistakes and realizing, you know what? My mother and my father was right. I shouldn't have been there. So let's go to one of those mistakes and we won't go into detail about it. I did not prep him about where this was going to go, which makes it so much more fun. Just to give you a little perspective, Connor didn't get in the average kind of trouble. He was sober all those years. Like he didn't get in drinking trouble, drug trouble. Like he, he actually cared a lot about his body, not taking in 
harmful things. So those years, even though you weren't following God, you weren't making terrible decisions. Sure. But your decisions, it was creative trouble. You, you messed up in big public ways. And yeah. I remember one of the ways you messed up, it was a very public mess up. And you were suspended from football, suspended from school, and everybody kind of knew about it. And I remember you coming home and just breaking down to me about it because what? I, I'll let you retell that part. You know, I haven't talked about this in years, but. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of pressure on me growing up, whether it was direct from y'all, which was rare, or just indirect pressure that I put on myself because, you know, I was a pastor's kid growing up. You weren't the pastor. Dad was the pastor. At that, that point. And then, at that point, I was a pastor's <laughs> kid. And, and then uh, I didn't help later. <laughs> and yeah. And so in, in, in my little world, like there was a huge reputation to uphold. I was the oldest. And so any of those times, uh, it was, it was two factors. It was me rebelling against following a lot of rules, which I did growing up. And then me regretting it more sorely than anybody because there was a certain reputation that I thought that I needed to uphold with my family. So that was a dichotomy of middle school for sure. For me was pressure leading to rebellion, leading to intense guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the roller coaster of middle school for me, even though I look back and (laughs) I look at middle school and I had more fun in middle school than 99% of kids, you know, in America, like middle school is a hard or hard formative years. I will say, I didn't get in as much trouble because 80% of it was in the woods behind our house. You yeah. Know? So that was a savior for me. The outdoors was a savior for me. But the, those years were really formative because of the, kind of that roller coaster of emotion. And, you know, you're just kind of experiencing things for the first time. If you don't know now, my son, his career has been since he was 14, he started fly fishing camps. And he has now in how many cities in Texas? Six cities this year. Six cities in Texas. Um, this summer, he will have multiple camps running all summer. And you can check it out. It's at howtaoutdoors, H-A-U-T-A outdoors.com. So yeah, that's, I mean, they're, they're almost full. Like there's a lot of camps that are already full, but so we're not actually needing to advertise here, but go check it out. It's fun to see. And, and it really is your love for the outdoors. I do believe was such a gift as a young man that you you got to be outdoors. We could do a whole other episode about that, and we will. But right now I want to talk about heading into college. So high school, let's catch everybody up that part. You and I were really close. We moved your senior year to Dallas. Uh, you had a lot of pressure on you in those years. But as a family, I would say we were closer than ever in those years. And you really switched from punk to the most kind son. And when you switched it has never been any other way. You have thought about me. You have checked on me. You have held every door for me. You are just as kind a son as anyone could ever wish for. And I'm giving some hope out there to for those of you that are in those punk years, it, it can completely shift. And it did. And so I'm very grateful for how you treat me and honor me. So just basically high school, we, we got close and you, you really changed. And I couldn't imagine you leaving. I mean, I remember just dreading the change of our family because I thought it would change forever. And and certainly in ways it has. Yeah, I, I think so many parents are afraid that when they send their kid to college, that's just the end. That wasn't how it was for us. No, not at all. You know, it depends on what kind of kid you're sending to college. But for me, it was that move before college uh, to Dallas, that that hardship that affected our whole family, especially being the oldest 
just gave me new perspective. And so I think everyone gets that. Every kid gets that. It could be from a hardship earlier in their life. Uh, for me, that was senior year when I kind of woke up and realized the value of you, but also the value of our whole family. A lot of kids that happens in college, whether it's from loneliness, whether it's from bad decisions that lead to guilt and shame, like how, was, how, how I was talking about with middle school earlier, everybody has that at some point, that dark season that opens your eyes to, I need my family. And, I, and, and it changes your perspective on how you interact with your family. Because my biggest thing was, I need them and they need me during kind of our familial hardship. My whole perspective changed to gratitude. And then for me personally, it was a lot of responsibility too. But that, that gratitude was not regular. That was not something that I had had before when looking at my family. Yeah. Every, every parent right now is going, but how did you get it? How did you, how do I help my kids be grateful? But you would probably say it's something that's yeah. happened and the Lord just had to do it, right? Yeah, the Lord just had to do it. I don't, and there was no formula for that. That was a combination of events that the Lord, you know, did something in my heart that helped me to see that. I do think a big part of it is connected to sheltering your kids and maturity, right? And my life experiences, I've, I've been on both sides. Like I've been sheltered, we sheltered or hard. I've been super free. We um, sheltered hard till we didn't. Yeah. That's right. And life experiences I had through that freedom matured me so much more than just following rules and helped me to see the world different than just following rules. Because I had experience with these things that y'all were telling me to stay away from or had seen, you know, the detriment of friends that are making this decision or going to these places or going to this college or whatever without like when the rule book was closed was when I felt like I grew up and started to get better perspective on y'all. But it's a hard line to walk. And I think it's different for everybody. It is different for everybody. Because there Because some people you close, I mean, even other kids we've had, you close the rule book too soon and they're going to go off the rails. So you weren't, while you were punk, you weren't necessarily going off the rails in big ways. No. And to be fair- and I'm passionate about this. We'll talk about this in another podcast. But I didn't have to deal with the same media culture and media temptations that people have in their hand until really into my high school or, or college. And so that's a big factor, too, that's changing. And I think that that is exempt for, you know, any sort of phone regulation and phone rule book should be exempt from your giving freedom, right? Uh, we're going to have to talk about that That's now because every one. parent wants to hear <laughs> what you're going to say about that. He is a big believer in limiting technology. And that's, in fact, why he started his company. He saw the difference of growing up outdoors versus growing up in front of screens, video games, phones. You really, that is a huge passion of yours. And we sure. will talk about that more in the future, but maybe just a real quick taste of that right now. What what would you say to parents with, with that? Well, and even just to college students, because they're going to go up to college and now they have more freedom than they've ever had. That's right. Yeah. I think the college discussion is a different one. We can talk about that in a second. But for parents, my short answer, and I've kind of given this before, is do not be afraid of taking away technology. I'm reading a great book. It's called Outdoor Kids in an Inside World, I believe, by uh, Steve Rinella. And what he does in his book, which I really appreciate, is he gives strategies of how to keep the phone away or how to keep the iPad away. Because it's not as simple as putting rules in place. In his intro, he said something that was profound to me, even though I'm not a parent. 
But he said, it is so much easier to give a kid an iPad than to put in the effort to keep them off one. And I'm paraphrasing, but that was interesting to me. And I'm in the business of trying to get kids off technology. I think as a parent, it just takes more work and it takes more effort. And so you've got to build strategies. I said this on your earlier podcast, but you have to be a host house. You got to create experiences for other kids to be off their phone as well. I've seen this with my brother. He is great. Like, you know, is not around technology personally a lot, but his friends have it. And so it's almost like he's still in that same world. It's lonely. And you really have to I mean, work I, as Sometimes a I'll even look back in the back house and he's the only one not on a phone. Yeah. And all his friends are back there with him, but they're all looking at their phones. Yeah. And he has a phone, but it's very, it's so limited that there's not much he can do on sure. it. So let's talk about, about the transition to college because we did not launch you into the world, the man that I just described at the beginning of this podcast. You certainly were thoughtful and kind and an amazing son and a good friend to people, but you you weren't necessarily just chasing after Jesus. Would you agree? Yeah. I think it's important to say this too. That didn't freak me out that you weren't walking with God yet. I kind of wanted you to find him on your own. And I remember even some people that love you, that I'll just say it was your sister, Kate, wanted me to push you more or to try to see or to worry about you. Cause she was like, you know, mom, he's making some bad decisions. And I don't think, you know, he loves God the way y'all do. And she couldn't even scare me. I just, I, I sensed that you had, I, I think I'd let go of you by that point and, sure. and trusted God with that. And I want to say that because I think as parents, it's hard to do that. But if we don't do that, we're going to pressure our kids away from God. We're not even, it never works. And I think that was the other confidence I had was, well, it's, it's got to happen in your time. It happened for me, not because of my parents, but because God pursued me and I had a personal relationship with him. Yeah. So I felt peaceful waiting for that for you. Let's specifically talk about your move to A&M. So he played football for, for SMU for a semester, hurt his back and decided to transfer to A&M. So talk about that because that was more your official college type start. Got all the freedom in the world. There you are. We're not there. There's a lot of people you know from your childhood that are there, but what did that feel like for you? Well, for me, the interesting thing, I think I've never heard this talked about, but I didn't really have a plan. I was at college, had a profitable business going on in the summers. And so I had some structure to my life. I was there to meet people, to have a lot of fun, and then to be, get done with college. And I didn't have a plan that was worth more than that when I got there. Which is interesting because you're a pretty intentional guy. Sure. Yeah, I'm super intentional. I wanted to get involved in a great group. I got involved in a great organization at A&M about right when I got there and, and wanted to meet people. But I really had a hard time with college because of that. You're saying that I'm intentional and want to I didn't maximize college in, in retrospect because I was so ready to be done. And I think a lot of that came from not having a great plan early of what college, what I wanted my college experience to look like. And just kind of saying, Anum's the place for me. And I want to be around those people. And I want to hunt and fish every weekend and stay in Texas. So having a plan would have been great. Uh, I talk all the time to my buddies that work for us or just some of my friends that are still there and encourage them no matter what year it is, go actually become a member of a church. That was something I didn't do. I showed up, but I was never a member. And I've seen this, you know, I'm only, I'm about a year out now. I don't even really know what a, what being a member of a church really was or like what being involved in the church really was. Not because of us, by the way. <laughs> no, not because of them. I think it was because I just showed up to church my whole life yeah. with y'all. And 
honestly resented a lot of that life. And so, you know, I, I ran away from a lot of Christian culture and had some rebellion from that. But I, until this year, like I went to church because I liked the message. I was a consumer and that was why I was there. And so I didn't even know that 90% of church is, is just being a part of the body and service and community. And that was something that I just didn't understand in college. I thought I'm here for such a short amount of time. There's no point of committing. Am I even going to have time to invest in this church? I'm out of town every other weekend. And so that would have been something that would have been important to have part of my plan because then I would have prioritized that first. And that could have been a rock, to other a rock that yeah. I could have built other things off. Yeah. So you categorize that season of your life as complacent or what would you, what, what word would you give it? Um, and we've never talked about this really guys. I mean, we've lived it together. Sure. We, we were really close through college. You sure. called me all the time and told me everything. I felt yeah. like I lived it with you, but we've never really stood back from it and thought yeah. about it. No, I've analyzed with a mentor. I've analyzed that season of life for me. And it was a lot of running away and running right back to Jesus. And it was a struggle of obedience. That was like kind of the thing that I was wrestling over all the time was I'd obey for a little bit and then I'd disobey and then I'd obey and then I'd disobey. And that was kind of my process in college. A big part of that was I was incredibly emotionally numb after some things that had happened in high school. So that was my specific thing was I had no connection to my heart really in college. And it was just this measure up to be good enough for God, yeah. which I knew was wrong. I mean, I know that's not the gospel, but that was still my subconscious was just guilt and yeah. then back to trying to live right and then guilt. And it was this horrible mess of I need to be around better surroundings, right? All these things that were worldly. My college experience was really different uh, because I didn't even really have a choice because of COVID. Right. Right. I right. had basically two years that went away. A year yeah. and a half that just disappeared. Yeah, that's crazy. So college felt very short, but as soon as COVID hit, I was done. Okay, let's talk about post-college. One reason I'm taking a little longer here is because I think this is so helpful for parents to hear. And also if you're in college, if you're in middle school, if you're, you know, post-college, we'll talk about that next. This is, these are the transitions that make up a young man's life, a young woman's life. And I don't think it matters, boy or girl. Like these are, these are the moments your life kind of begins to take shape. I hope it gives you hope. I hope it gives you, whether it's you that is growing up currently or, or you're the parent of someone growing up, because it's a process. And I think we don't talk enough about the hard parts and the confusing parts, but those are the parts that truly have made you who you are. And so let's talk about transitioning into adulthood because you really have become, in my mind and dad's mind, in the last few months, you have become a totally different person. You are the opposite of complacent. You are the opposite of apathetic. We are inspired by you with the ways you are being intentional and, and with your community and showing up and serving. Talk about just how did that come about? Like what changed in you? as you stepped into real life? Well, for me, what changed was a plan. It was exactly what I said about college. I wanted a different result, and so I built a different plan. And so that plan was to be obedient. No matter how I was feeling, I was going to be obedient and say yes when God put stuff in front of me, whether that was in prayer, whether that was opportunities, whether that was the church, whatever it was, I decided I was going to be yes for God. 
and let him kind of open the doors for me instead of me going out and trying to make friends post-grad and trying to build this life and trying to make all this money. My priority was just to be yes for God. And that led to saying yes to a church event where I met a guy, I started my community group where I week later went through membership. And then now I'm serving at a ministry uh, in that church and actually probably have some margin to serve for another ministry as well. And it's, it's changed everything for me because I just didn't view church the right way. And I don't think, I don't think many college kids view church the right way. I don't think many kids in high school view church the right way because all it is through those formative years is a learning place, right? It's Sunday school to now I'm getting a message on stage. And so changing my view of the church has changed so much about how I have lived my life. And it's not that I'm just at the church, right? I have so many other secular circles that I'm super involved in still. But that perspective has really, really connected me and God again, because I was able to get help for some things I was struggling with. I was able to actually build consistent community, which I had through seasons in college, but I just didn't have consistently through the whole deal because there was no structure. And you don't get that structure outside of a church. And so that was where a, a membership and, and, and getting plugged in has really changed my walk with the Lord. And I could not implore college kids more to make that the foundation that their college plan is based on is one who is my community that i'm about to be in college with even if you don't know people what kind of folks are going to this school and then two is how do i find those people when i was at smu i had a really hard time making friends because i didn't know the places to look to find other believers and so having a plan for how am i going to have community what church am i going to go to is the best starting place Hey, did you know that you can text Jenny and I? And we actually read your text messages and we try to respond as many as we can, but it is just like such a fun way for especially you guys, our podcast fam, to ask questions. We send out ideas and stuff for you guys all the time to vote on. If you want to join, get out your phone. You're going to type the word podcast in the message part to the number 214-225-6267. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts.
That's stamps.com code program.